So welcome back, everybody. I'm J.R. Flatter, and this is The Secrets of Government Contracting. Our special guest is Rena McPark, and he works for us on one of our contracts. So I'll let him introduce himself. Reno, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and anything else that comes to mind. All right. Uh, pardon the cat. That just made a noise. Uh, <laughs> Reno McCormick, I have been with Flyer for seven, seven years, going into my eighth year. Started off as a developer and I just recently got uh, promoted to program manager for the uh, project that we have at um, the DLA. Um, Came about this as a career kind of backwards. I was a landscape, uh, ran a landscaping company for a long time and uh, decided uh, that I really liked the whole internet thing and it'd be neat to look at. So that started my uh, career down this path. I've been doing it for almost 30 years now. So um, really have enjoyed my time with Flatter and the projects that have been presented. Uh, and we've been fortunate, we've always had a really good team, both the Flatter team and the, the PMO that we work for it has been really solid. It's always had good leadership. Uh, it's got great leadership right now. And um, it's just, we know that we're making a difference in what we do and we strive to do the best we always can. And uh, it seems that our leadership, both from a flatter standpoint and from a government standpoint is always willing to kind of say, if you need extra, if you need more, if there's something I can give you, let me know what it is. We want to do that because we'd rather have you succeed. Yeah. So I think your career path is different, but not necessarily that different. A lot of people come to where you are, it's sort of a non-linear approach. Uh, I think it's also really interesting that you came to your leadership role indirectly also. You got a PMP, I think, if I remember correctly, you went to the PMP bootcamp. And I heard everybody always knew you were talented, you were a great member of the team. But one afternoon, you said something about one of these days, I want to be a program manager. So now here you are. So talk to us a little bit about the decision process to be uh, an amazing at what you were doing and then wanting to step into a leadership role. And what made you think about doing that? How was it different? And I'll be quiet while you talk. Sure. Uh, I've been primarily a web developer. And the thing that I have enjoyed most about that is that I really view that as problem solving more than anything. Uh, the situation may be, I have this data and I need to show somebody how, how you do that. Um, I've been fortunate to have taken a couple of leadership classes with you. And that sort of sparked my interest in going the same way that you solve a problem you know, from, with data for a person to communicate something, it's the same sort of thing to solve a problem to help some person or help somebody get over an issue or uh, go forward in their career or um, learn how to deal with either an adverse situation or a person. So uh, you sort of planted that in the back of my head for a while. Uh, and when uh, you offered the PMP and I took it, my first thought coming out of the, that was, I really have a new tool set that I can use for a much different set of problems to address. Uh, and I've been kind of looking ever since to that, that opportunity to say, okay, I, I think I'm ready to go take these tools and go see what I can build and, and how I can help things. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't sure, because um, I, I really like the team I'm on so much that I didn't want to make a, a fast jump. I didn't want to look at our job board and go, oh, there's an opening in Alexandria and I think I'd like to go take it because I was very, very happy with where I was. 
uh, and I got fortunate that you promoted my boss and he suggested that I step in and fill his shoes. So it really has worked out very, very well. I'm very pleased with how the transition has been and also the position I'm in right now. Well, uh, if it's any consolation to you, he got promoted to some extent because we knew you were there to take the chair. Uh, I'll have to tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hand in hand thing. Okay. Uh, so thank you. And Certainly. Uh, he should thank you as well. Uh, so you talked a little bit a moment ago about the good relationship you have with your customer. And we are a government contracting services provider. So how do you make that happen? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I think one of us, so I, you may ask me about secrets. I believe you're going to, I'm going to give you one of them now. And that is there are no stupid questions mm. uh, and you have to be willing to sometimes ask what may be a very obvious question to some, to some people. Uh, I got a great bit of advice. From my dad a long time ago, he said, if you've, if you feel that you don't understand something or you're not sure that, that, that your group is understanding something, pose the question like this. Say to the person you're, you're questioning, pretend like I don't understand anything about what you're speaking about and explain to me what it is you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I found that there have been several times um, working with the government where I, I think I understand what they want, but I'm not sure. And it, it's the circling back and going, hey, I just want to make sure I understood. What, were you really asking this? And I'd say probably 40% of the time, that's not what they were asking. And it was really good that I followed up with a question because of, no, I meant to go this way, not that way. Yeah. So I found that to be uh, really valuable. The other thing is, is always just making sure um, you're in communication with the people. It's, it's funny. I know when the, the COVID hit and everybody went remote, I was one of the first people who said, I'm, Hey, I'm happy to work remote, but my camera is on all the time. You want to see me working? I'm happy to do that. And any, any government person that ever pings me, it's like my camera is always on. Yeah. I'm happy to talk to you. You have my full attention. Stop what you're doing. Put the phone down. I'm here for you. Let me hear what you have to say. Let me make sure I'm responding you know, to your questions. So I think that that's helped me build good relationships with both the government team and with the prime contractor that I, I think I'm trusted enough that I've said, hey, I'm going to run off and do this. They'd say, okay, I know what you know what you're talking about. I think that's good. Go ahead. No, that's a great bit of insight. We're going to have to use that across our team. I think that would be very valuable to our customers. Cool. So now that you're in a leadership role, uh, I would suspect you're spending a lot less time at your keyboard and a lot more time building and sustaining relationships uh, with other human beings. So talk to me a little bit about the pros and cons of that. Because I, I find that people who have a technical expertise like you do sometimes have challenges moving away from that and enjoying their life afterwards. Uh, the plus is since I was a small child, I've been accused of talking too much. So uh, I'm not a wallflower when it comes to that. I'm probably one of the most gregarious developers you'll ever meet. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to sit in the corner and code. I'm also happy to sit and discuss it with you. So, um, but I had a, uh, a sync up with Rod today. And the first thing I told him was, I didn't think this job was going to be quite as hard as it is. And it's not that it's difficult necessarily. It's very time consuming, but it also takes a lot of effort and concentration. And I was surprised by that, but also it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Rod had said, uh, he kind of gave me some ideas of what he did. One of the things that he does is uh, he makes sure every month he syncs up with each employee. 
Uh, and I went into that and I just learned so much off the bat. I, half these people I've known for four or five years, I've learned new things, mm -hmm. uh, but also it's, it's a great way to see how they feel about the project they're on, how the project is working, how they feel within their team. You know, if there's something they want to change or something they're having running into an issue. We, I actually uncovered a small issue with a team that I didn't know existed uh, and have been able to talk through it with everyone on the team. And it, it seems like it's resolved itself and everybody seems like they're heading in the right direction now. So uh, again, it comes back to you have to put in the time to really build relationships and maintain those relationships. Much like you mentioned blogging, uh, blogging is great as long as you do it all the time and you're, and you're consistent. Mm -hmm. If you blog once every two months, it's really not much of a blog. You start blogging every week and you realize what an effort and commitment it takes, but also how valuable it is. Yeah, thanks for that. Sure. So what kind of knowledge, skills, abilities, experiences do I need to do the old job and the new job? Two very different positions education, certifications, et cetera, et cetera? Um, good question. Uh, for the old job, the hardest thing is, is keeping up with the current technology. Uh, and, and again, I find um, we're actually working through something on our team now where we've approached a pattern, a process for doing something, and there's three different ways to implement the pattern, and there are pros and cons to, to both. Um, so we're We've been hashing through what those pros and cons are and trying to figure out, um, you know, our position is, okay, we want to be uniform in our code. So if uniform code means we have to write triple the code because everything's the same, that's maybe not the best approach, but it's consistent. Do you make a hybrid between the two? Um, so I, I think from a certification standpoint, um, computer science degree would be great. Uh, any sort of a Microsoft or AWS certification would be great, but really it comes down to discussing problems and researching, you know, they, they say developer's best friend is a um, stack overflow. And that's because you can jump on there and, and uh, look up all sorts of things. Uh, mm. How do I do this? What's, what's a, a um, tutorial uh, or um, any sort of Microsoft guide. We sit down and spend a fair amount of time, you know, saying, oh, this is how I think it's going to work, reading about it, doing a little demo of it and seeing how it works. So I think it's the implementation of your skill set continually and refining it is the best way to, to get into the developer side. Mm -hmm. For the uh, program manager side, I cannot highly recommend a PMP enough. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's like having a, you know, a backpack and every time you need something, you can pull some out and go, Oh, yep. Here's a, you know, cost matrix statement. Here's a, uh, a project plan, here's how I go about doing this. So it's been, uh, it's helped me really transition into the job fairly well. And I, I had a great predecessor, Rod, who has been with the company a long time, just laid out so many things so very nicely. It's like, oh, here's a spreadsheet with everyone on it and this date and this, this information you will need. Uh, he's just, it made it a dream. So uh, without the PMP, I may not have known why I needed some of the information that he had there and why some of the things were designed the way they were. But having had that, it makes perfectly good sense. And like, oh yeah, it's, you know, I can check these boxes and just keep moving. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that's probably the best. And again, you know, building relationships, you know, talking to other PMPs. I'm trying to get a meeting with a couple of other company PMPs to look at some dashboard work we may be able to do in teams. The thinking being that if we have something that all PMPs could use, you know, all program managers could use in Flatter, that's what we'll do. It's like, oh, here's our standard, you know, 
build it into Teams as an application you can download and run with. So we're looking at that kind of stuff too, just to help out. Very good. Well, it's good to know that the PMP is more than just the sheep scan that you get. That oh, it's actually- It's been invaluable, it really has. Very good. And then the PMBOK, the program management, I hear some people call it the Bible. Yeah. That's useful to you, you go back to it. And to some us, I don't have the latest version because I know they changed it uh, a while back, but it's a great reference. I mean, it's always easy to look something up and understand why. I mean, in government contracting, there are a lot of things. Uh, coming into this position, uh, I know I do more um, proposal support than I used mm -hmm. to. I know that used to be Rod, a lot of jobs, Rod's job, and that's mine now. So again, it's looking at government contracts, which to me, sometimes can be mystifying, but being able to reference back and go, oh, IDIQ, that's what that is. And I need to understand why I need to look at this. It just, it's very helpful. So, yes. Good. So we're called the secrets of government contracting. So one of the requirements, you already gave us a hint uh, earlier, uh, one of your secrets to success, but would you mind sharing with our readers another secret of your success? Yes, and it's not an intuitive secret at all, but I think it's terribly important. Uh, and that is, do not be afraid to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, I have twice in the last four years, so both times on the Jack's project, been uh, on a team and we've been working for something. And uh, what often happens in, in um, web development is you're working on a project and you know, you're showing little bits and it's coming along and, and management is over here going, hey, we're going to build this brand new system. We're going to have it ready done in September. And so it, invariably what happens is in March, your, your project lead comes in and goes, well, we need to be done by September. And the development team all go, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but we'll see what we can do. And so we work really hard and everybody always works really, really hard. But there comes a point and I've had it happen twice where I've looked at it and gone, we are not going to hit this. And to, to be able to go to the, both the project lead and also the, you know, the PMO and say, we can't do this, here are your options. We can do less functionality and we can hit your time frame, or we, we need an extension of three to six months. And both times, the initial response from the project lead was, this is terrible, we're gonna get in so much trouble. And, and both times the PMO said, if that's what you need, it's what you need, I want it done right. I was like, well, we can do this for that time frame, but it's gonna to have to shift to the right. I think that's probably saved a lot of uh, nervous breakdowns. And also I think it's built the uh, respect of the development team in the eyes of the PMO and, and I think flatter in the eyes of the government as well. So I, I think there've been good moves both times. It's it's not easy to be the guy that goes, nah, no, we're not gonna do it and we're gonna miss it by a mile. So uh, I would yeah. suspect that your comment very early on in our conversation was you know, building and sustaining and having a good relationship with your customer. And then when you have to be that guy to bring that bad news, you've got the trust there already. So you can't have not done that and then bring the bad news and get the good outcome. Well, that's great. Yeah. I would not have wanted to do that the first year I was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I know a little bit about you having worked with you for seven years. And I know you have uh, a very robust life outside of work. So talk to us about, especially now you're in a leadership role, how do you create those boundaries and stay successful? Uh, I did something I never wanted to do and I started getting up earlier. And that was really your example. Uh, I know <laughs> that 
you go running sometimes at 5.30 in the morning, uh, which I just can't fathom being up that early. But uh, if I'm not up by 6.30, I know I'm already late. So uh, so I'm trying to get up and, uh, you know, I'll have that first cup of coffee, think about things. But then I try to jump on for a half an hour just to see, is there a fire somewhere? Mm-hmm. Do I have a problem I need to deal with? Or does it look like a, quote, normal day? Uh, you know, then I can, you know, work out and get ready and, you know, make my breakfast and do whatever and kind of go into the day going, okay, we're good. Uh, and so I start an hour or so before my wife starts working. So by the time she gets home, when she gets home, I'm done. It's like, mm-hmm. as soon as I hear the door open, it's like, I'm going to turn this off now. I, you know, I've already prepped for the next day. I know what my appointments are. I've done some research. I've sent out some emails. I'm good. And I just try to make sure I stop there. So starting on time and ending on time, I think is what's helped. My schedule is extended a bit, but I'm happy with it because it keeps me really uh, engaged. It keeps you happy at home. It does. It does. I'm the one that cooks dinner. So if I was upstairs working and not cooking, that would be a problem. (laughs) So last thing, um, should you think of two or three people we might invite as future guests that would be of value to our listeners? Yes. If you have not had Radowina, you should have him. Okay. Uh, Lucas Flatter, because he's uh, just one of the smartest guys I know. He's really good about, um, he's leading our discussion about our, uh, our development pattern right now. So, uh, and he's got pros and cons of both sides. And somebody outside of Flatter would be uh, my old boss who's working with a CMMC compliance and a few other things. And her name is Paula Pejos. Uh, and I can get her information. Yep. Yeah, She's Alexandria a, will grab uh, her email if you don't mind. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, thank you. Uh, congratulations again. And say hello to your lovely bride for me. I'll do that. Thank you very much. And thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate this. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Take care, JR. Thanks. Yeah. Bye.